Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk Podcasts. This is your host, Susie Lewis, speaking from Toulouse. In this episode of Let's Talk, we will be discussing collective intelligence and empowering women. Today, I am delighted to welcome Sarah Newman, founder of Attitude Concept and co-founder of the Sororistas Movement. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, Susie. It's fantastic to be with you today and to share this moment. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming. Sarah, you have worked in both organizations and as an entrepreneur and have dedicated a lot of your time and energy to collective intelligence and empowering teams for more sustainable behavioral change, but more particularly creating gender parity and giving women a voice, both inside and outside of organizations. And that's where we met. So we met on this very topic. And we also share a passion for creating more inclusive and human-centered workplaces. So During COVID, you and your co-founders had the fabulous idea to create this movement called Sororistas and to give a voice and an opportunity to women to impact tomorrow's world. In fact, that's your tagline, isn't it? Sororistas, women writing the script for tomorrow's world. So as a member of the Board of Digital Girls, uh, we partnered with the Sororistas movement and we are also passionate about the subject of empowering women and particularly in tech. So can you tell me a little bit more about Sororistas and what inspired you all to set up this movement? Yes, of course. (laughs) So one year ago, we experienced something most of us never did before, Mm -hmm. lockdown. We could not have imagined it. For a lot of people, the emotional rollercoaster started from anxiety to anger and also to excitement that something seems to happen a great opportunity for change, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Quickly, a lot of people started to talk about the world after the crisis Mm -hmm. and how to build it, how to rebuild it. But the problem was that there were nearly only men speaking up in public, Mm -hmm. in papers, in TV shows, radio stations. And uh, yeah, we were looking for the ladies. Where were they? (laughs) As ever. Taking care. (laughs) taking care of the kids, of the sick people, of the elderly. So something went wrong here and uh, it was not acceptable for us. Mm -hmm. So with three other ladies, we decided end of March 2020 to do something about it and to make women's ideas for the world after visible. Mm -hmm. So we launched this writing contest, Sororistas, which became much more than only a platform for ideas. It became Mm. a movement for French-speaking women all over the world. And uh, so many of them accepted the challenge we initiated to write about the future. Mm. It was like a like a coaching exercise on a very large scale. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. And why only women? Well, uh, women are underrepresented in all instances of governance and Mm. decision-making today Mm. in the media, Mm. in economy, politics. The ratio is often about one woman for three or four guys. So women need to stick together and learn to collaborate, to gain visibility. So Mm -hmm. we really wanted to hear, to read women's ideas. Mm -hmm. We wanted to empower them especially. Men Mm -hmm. already have a lot of platforms. Hey, if some guys are inspired, why not (laughs) launching a a contest to write about new masculinities? We would love to see this happen. Yeah. offer our support so go ahead Mm. guys (laughs) and I love the fact that it's um, writing 
because I think writing can be very cathartic and, you know, you can write when you have the time to write, which is probably easier for particularly for women, given their schedules. Can you explain a little bit more about the process of what you put in place and how you got to the results, which today is a book of the 20 texts that were voted the most? Mm -hmm. So the contest was launched on June 1st in 2020 with the mm -hmm. following angle. We are at the end of December 2030. Put yourself into the shoes of the person you will be at the end of the decade, which started with a worldwide pandemic. Who will you be and what will the world look like? And how did we get there? So this was the, the beginning of the contest. In three months, we received nearly 600 texts from wow. women all over the world. Wow. Yeah, this was a very great success. Um, yeah. Of course, a lot of French Mm -hmm. Text from France, but also Belgium, Switzerland, Germany, Canada, Africa, Australia, China, Mexico, from everywhere. Fabulous. Were you surprised by the amount of text you got? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. Um, mm -hmm. So, of course, we had an intention of creating something big. We were, <laughs> we wanted to to get a lot of texts, and yeah. uh, but then we were really happily surprised about this feedback. Mm. That's brilliant. It was a lot. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 600 texts is a lot, and you must be very proud of that. And I'm very proud to collaborate as part of this collective intelligence of women who gave their time to read these texts and to help vote towards which ones would be in the final text. So tell me a little bit more about that process. How did you get from 600 texts to the final 20 texts over and above having us read them? Yes. So from, from the beginning, we wanted to involve many women mm. as ambassadors, as supporters, and as readers, of course. Yeah, great <laughs> Because idea. we knew that we wanted to read every text had to be read several times yeah. to, to make the selection, of course. So we were really lucky to have uh, 150 ladies in the collective because this is what we owe to these brave women who dared yeah. to write and to send us their copies. So, of course, there was a huge organization of the reading phase. Mm. Oh, my God. And the authors became impatient because it took so <laughs> long in their eyes. Uh. But, hey, we wanted to pay attention to every text. Mm. So... This reading committee gave their impressions and then we had a task force of the organizing team to choose 20 texts based on the appreciations of the reading committee. Mm -hmm. And those 20 texts were then read by a jury chaired by Geneviève Brisac, who is okay. a very well-known and award-winning French author, yeah. also highly engaged for women. Mm -hmm. So the jury of 13 people from very diverse backgrounds designated a winning text and also the top five which will be recorded in the podcast episode soon excellent i'll look out and <laughs> we also have a coup de coeur prize uh -huh. from uh -huh. our fairy godmother uh, who is noemi delatre who is a french feminist and actor also highly engaged for women rights and equality so this is how the selection went brilliant you must be so proud of several things, the platform you've created, the collective intelligence you've created, and the sistership around how to create a more inclusive environment. What is your biggest learning 
from working in collective intelligence like that? I really like this question. Yes, <laughs> the collective intelligence is one of my favorite topics. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And uh, so Risa's was meant to be a collective project from the beginning. Mm. So collective intelligence is about learning from each other. And it was indeed a great learning expedition. So mm. what would be the biggest learning Well, the context forced us to to work remotely, and as we did it from the beginning, it was not a real change for us. Yeah, that's quite challenging, nevertheless. So mm. we needed time to know each other, to accept differences, to let go of ideas about how something should be done, and create openness for new ideas. So this includes a high level of trust, mm. and creating trust in a purely digital way needs. Of course, different effort than collaboration in real life, Absolutely. especially in the way we communicate. So what is very important, and this is probably the greatest learning, is that we need to listen truly on a deep generative level. It becomes highly important when you stimulate collective intelligence in, in general and when you work digitally, maybe even more because you do not have the same energy than when you meet Mm. In presence. So when we listen to each other and put our egos aside, trust emerges. We crea can create brilliant things between stories, between women, mm. and between humanity. Mm. And I think it's so. It's a great learning for everyone during COVID, but in general. And I like the fact that it's about writing and it's written text because everybody has their own style and their own preference. Uh, what is the thing that stands out in your mind from all the different texts you have read about the way women see the world in 2030? That's Rich a bit of a hard question. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Because, of course, we had 600 very different texts, rich content from women of diverse backgrounds, mm. generations, professions. But the very essential message of all of these texts are very human. It's about searching for love, for peace, and living in harmony. And there is really something about universal needs. Mm -hmm. Even if the strategies to satisfy the needs differ, and uh, and uh, stories were very different, but I think the essential mm. is this. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also got a very high rate of eco-feminist texts okay. aiming to transform the world into a place celebrating life in all its forms. Okay, so we're back to the tendencies that we're also seeing in organizations around something more purposeful. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. And if you could do the whole adventure again, because hindsight is a very wonderful thing, what <laughs> would you do anything differently? Yeah, probably. <laughs> When you do things for the second time, you always do them differently, right? <laughs> yeah, And right. more efficiently, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so as I said, the first time was a great learning expedition and without any regrets, because even in difficult situations, there was a learning to take out. Yeah. This project started from scratch one year ago. There was nothing, no structure, mm. nor a project plan. And mm. uh, I would say you cannot be more agile than we were working from day to day. Yeah. Of course, we had a vision. We wanted to create the book with the greatest text and bring mm -hmm. together the collective and the authors for an award ceremony. But that was it. And then we pursued every day. 
Mm. with little steps to move forward. And that made us thrive, even in stressful times. Mm. And we had just before uh, the award ceremony, of course. And now after this first episode, we know the tools, we know the levers, we know the people. And for the next edition, we will build on these learnings for sure. So it will be much easier. And and I think that's great learnings about doing something transformative of the need for something bigger than you. So a collective Mm. purpose and sort of building that step-by-step incrementally. What surprised you the most about, I'm going to call it Sorrow Easter's Adventure Chapter (laughs) 1? Yeah, probably the number of texts we received. Of course, we wanted to create something big. And, and it was, it went in the right direction. You know, the context was over on August 31 at midnight. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, we had around 250 texts, which was pretty nice already. Yeah. And we were happy. But then the machine started uh, during the day and we saw the notifications arriving a bit during the day and mm-hmm. a lot in the evening. There were like six, seven or eight texts arriving per minute. And this was just crazy. So, We did not expect this level of popularity. It was highly gratifying to receive texts from all over the world. I can imagine. And it really underlines a need, I think, that people had, particularly women, to express themselves around what was going on in COVID. But I love the fact that it's future focused and that you're asking about, you know, who are you becoming and who are you going to be in 2030? I have to ask this question. What made you laugh? the most about the adventure you've just been on because I know you like to laugh and I'm sure there were funny moments even though it was during lockdown so tell me I do we need to laugh even absolutely maybe especially in tough times and well I can talk for myself and I remember that I read some funny texts with surrealistic crazy ideas (laughs) one of them is edited in the book so this text made me laugh a lot while reading it probably because it made me feel light and easy yeah while a lot of text kept a very serious tone yeah so without telling too much about the text it is written in a dialogue form a mother and her son and a barkeeper and uh, the author describes in a very funny way some surrealistic secondary effects of a vaccine brought to the market too quickly Mm-hmm. which well arranged wow. then in the end. Mm-hmm. So everything went well in the end. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but what I liked is that she created an optimistic approach to the future and yep. uh, combined with the fun way of writing it. Um, mm. I, I really appreciate it. It was one of my favorites. And I, I really wanted to see this edited in the book because we, yeah, we need to love. Yeah, we do. And and clearly I've I've read the book and there's there's a great diversity and mix of styles and texts and, and creative ideas. How has it changed the way you see things today and do things today? I can only imagine all those texts that you read. I mean, I only read 20 or 30 as part of the collective, but they already had me thinking differently. So I'd be really interested if you could share with us if it's changed the way you see or do things. Yes, it does. And probably my own thoughts about gender equality. Mm, For many years, I was pushing, I I was uh, engaged in a lot of um, associations and I was pushing for gender equality in the industry. Same jobs, same opportunities, same revenues for women and men. Mm -hmm. But while reading this text, I realized that this is not exactly what those women are asking for. 
Mm. They don't want half of the existing because for a lot of them, it's like a poisoned cake. So they want something new, something different based on much more essential values of humanity. Mm. And I think I... Yeah, this really impacted my own my own uh, vision of this gender equality I was pushing for. Mm. It's not possible to balance the world with a pure return on investment thinking. Mm. We need to think about the highest potential of our common future. What could it be? What do we really, really want to come alive? So true listening, true reading of the text helped me open up to new ideas of systemic change mm. and which are currently emerging from Sororistas, of course, but also from many other valuable initiatives for human rights all over the world. Absolutely. And I think as the world becomes more interconnected digitally, we, we will get more and more of this uh, sort of purpose-related, human-centered yeah. thinking that needs to be systemic mm. to have an impact. And, you know, the, the learning I take from my Sororistas uh, adventure so far is that, you know, creating that space to turn the volume up on a voice that already exists, but yeah. empowering the voice to give different perspectives and have impact is what I take away from uh, what, what I read and doing the, the collective reading committee. So... And I've, I've already asked you this question before we started the podcast and a couple of months ago. We can't leave it there. So what's next? <laughs> how, how will Sororistas evolve? I think it, it's a great movement and it's already created a lot of impact. So how do you and your co-founders see it moving forward? Yes, the next chapter is coming. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so for this year, of course, we decided to make something out of the content we already have. because yeah. it's so rich. So rich. The book exists now, and uh, we will create also the podcast for the five top five texts. Okay. And we are currently giving visibility to the authors of the twenty selected texts through our social media challenge. Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, and we'd also love to use the content of the six hundred texts. So we approached some artificial intelligence specialists to evaluate how we could analyze the whole. So that's for twenty twenty one. To go further, of course, we want to reiterate the contest, going beyond the French-speaking community, maybe with the, our rich experience for, of the first edition, we, we now know how to structure the things and to make it grow. So mm. currently we are discussing with the core team and I cannot tell much more about okay. <laughs> it at this stage, but be assured Zororistas continues and we invite every interested person to follow us on social media to stay mm. updated. Excellent. And you're clearly going to need a bigger reading committee. So if yes. any of you are interested, please get in touch with Sarah around becoming part yes. of the reading committee. <laughs> T time is running. I, I do have a last question of what would your call to action be for all women leaders? But not only because we discussed at the beginning of the podcast uh, that men are also completely welcome and the whole idea of allyship is also part of the Sororistas movement for me. So what would be your call to action for women leaders? Absolutely. So we all know Madeleine Albright, who told yes. us that, <laughs> that there's a special place 
in health for women who do not support other women. Mm. And I would add that there is also a place for men who dominate women. So mm -hmm. if you do not want to go to the special place in hell as a woman or a man, please start listening to the ladies and girls around you. Find out what inspires them and empower them to bring it out. Help them get out and contribute to the world, to our common future, because everyone can no matter status, revenue, or ethnical background. Mm. And this is collective intelligence. Yeah. So creating a space for their voice. Excellent. Yes. I'm going to leave our listeners with that call to action. Sarah, thank you so much for coming and sharing your thoughts with us. And where can our listeners find out more about you, what you do, and the Sororistas movement? You can find out everything about Sororistas on sororistas.fr. Okay. It's in French. And uh, also on social media, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. And on the Sorista's website, you can also read or download the book. Excellent. And if people are interested in getting involved in the reading committee or other, can they contact you via the website? Or Yes, we have a, a contact form on the website. So do not hesitate to, to write a message and we can get in touch with you then. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please head over to iTunes and give us your opinion and rating. So it's bye from me for now and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk. <laughs>